music stuff. I want to make sure I'm doing music stuff. Um, I want to keep on kind of like the, the, the societal kind of quasi political, um, commentary. You see, I got my red, black, and green back there, you know, so we want to go all the way down that rabbit hole, but how do I then do like a people's versus anti-people podcast and a music podcast and, you know, to be, and so I kept pausing on getting this going because I'm like, I don't know which direction I'm going. And what I had to do eventually was just text Anthony, give him a date and say, we're back at it this day. And we'll just figure it out as we go along. And I'm going to try to not worry so much about, you know, what the kind of theme is of the uh, show or podcast, right? So not so much like it's got to be about this and it's got to be about that. It's just kind of me here talking about shit that I want to talk about on whatever particular day we're recording. I got it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where we ended up, although it was kind of the core theme of it was a guest in the house and we, you know, but we talked about whatever the hell we wanted to talk about. It's just, yeah, it's just our interaction tends to, I guess, be in a particular set of boxes you know what I mean that made it easy for us to talk but I guess from your standpoint I just wanted to chat about analysis paralysis you're a creative um you're a writer and we've talked about the blocks of creativity um we've probably talked about you know second guessing yourself and just the process of creating. So I was like, oh, you know what? Especially since, like I said, folks have hit me up. I think they miss us a little bit. So I said, well, for my first crack at it, let me bring my guy in. We'll do like a crossover episode, kind of bridging between the last podcast and what's you know on the horizon. But I wanted to talk about that, about the analysis paralysis. Could you lay out like a quick definition for for listeners? Because I did have to look it up. Sure. I would say um, it's a grand phrasing for overthinking. Overthinking. And becoming so trapped in how that you don't actually do like the how and the why correct yeah correct correct well you know what it says if you watch the kenny beats videos he's got the uh the big sign in the back of the booth that says don't overthink shit Mm -hmm. you watch the freestyles i think that's pretty good advice for going in and heading into the booth or sitting down at your laptop to write or probably any creative endeavor it seems like when you get stuck in overthinking, like, man, who's going to read this? You know, where where am I going to pitch this to? Who the hell is going to want to put out some weird stuff like this? Um, you know, it, is this worth like the, the $500 I might make from it? You know, why am I sitting here for so many hours? What if I don't even make anything? Right. You know, if you start getting into all these whys, like, why am I even doing this? You end up just uh, kind of bullying yourself almost, Right. right? It's like you're sitting down to create and you're standing over your own shoulder saying, man, this is fucking stupid. Right. You know, why are you wasting your time on this? Nobody's going to want to read this. Right. Nobody's going to want to listen to this. And it's hard sometimes to get that voice out of your head. And when it stays there, you're just kind of stuck. You know, even if you're able to push through it and write or make music or create in whatever form, you can almost feel that sense in it. There's a little bit of hesitancy. There's a little bit of self-doubt sort of woven into the work itself like the work isn't fun 
And sometimes when I look back at my own stuff, I feel like I can tell, oh, that's, you know, I wasn't having fun. Here. Definitely. There wasn't any joy. In definitely. This. Definitely. A lot of my. And sometimes when I read stuff or listen to stuff from other people or, you know, even I've seen people perform on stage, you know, I think, man, they're just not into you it. You can feel it. Yeah. You yeah. Can feel it. A lot of my work, I definitely can pinpoint the work that is just work, you know, yeah. and a lot. And we talked about this um in private and on the uh podcast about like the latter part of my like music career and just getting into a space where I was just the rapper of it had taken all of the joy out of um making music you know just the I gotta make it you know what I mean? And so I've got to do it. And then it's about like marketing plans and how can I push this yep. and talking to bloggers and you know what I mean? And it just wasn't fun anymore. And I had to take that step back. And in taking that step back, we started a guest in the house yeah, podcast. It was good timing for me too. Yeah. Yeah. And that became like the thing that open back up to like, okay, I'm just doing it because I love to do it. It's yeah. not so much about, and I, even sometimes when, you know, I would, um, you know, hound guys, hound, you know, about like social media and like how we're going to do it. And you know what I mean? Like I'm sending stuff to Anthony, like, how can we do this? And, you know, we need an intern and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I was very, um, deliberate about not getting into a space where I wanted to push the podcast because yeah. I wanted it to be like, look, I show up, I do this. I don't care who's listening. It'd be yeah. nice to have listeners just to engage with folks, but not because it needs to become like some ad revenue thing. You know what I mean? I, I, I didn't want to find myself in the space that I found myself in hip hop where I was like trying to do anything, you know? And with this, I mean, this is so much more personal. Well, no, my music's pretty personal, but you can't mistake talk. Like I can rap yeah. something and I can, you know, say, hey, you interpreted that the wrong way. And, but when you're talking, yeah. it is what it is, right? And I have such a, um, such a respect for the greats and the giants of um, any endeavor that I partake in. So whether it's music, you know, whether it's, you know, production, whether it's writing, whether it's journalism, whether it's just being a broadcaster, like I'm the type, I, I, I understand who came before me and I respect the craft so much so that I think that self-doubt creeps in with me sometimes where it's like, come on, bro. Like, who you think you are? You're not fucking Walter Cronkite. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you know, you're not Tony Brown. You're not Gil Noble. Like, who you think you are? You know what I mean? And so it creates the, like, I want to know everything or I want to acquire all the skill necessary to do something yeah. before I jump. And it's like, you're never going to have all of it figured out. You're going to just have oh, to jump, for sure. you know? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we're just jumping. And yeah, one jumping. week we're going to be talking about, you know, food sovereignty in, you know, cities of America and overcoming food deserts in the hood. And the next yeah. week we're going to be talking about, you know, OC's catalog or something like that. It's wow, just that's a good combo. Yeah, that's just like that's where we're going with it. And I'm not gonna <laughs> be worried about, you know, oh, you're a political this week. Why are you not? I'm not. I don't care. Yeah. 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 I think that's good. Yeah, that's how we're going. But what's new, man? What you working on? You got you got anything going on? Yeah, nothing um completely taking shape, but I've been writing a lot since we stopped with the the guests in the house. I had a feeling. I had it a sounds feeling. like you've been recording a lot. A little, not a lot. A little. A little. Yeah. yeah. 
back in the classroom um, doing the uh, research writing class for freshmen, mm. non-English majors. Mm. I, I know I told you about it off podcast. I don't believe we talked about it much on it, but I gave him this cool assignment, or I think it's cool. They may not. But uh, <laughs> I gave them each a state, and they had to research that state's bill to ban critical race theory in you know, K-12 through education, and a lot of them even extend to universities. Mm-hmm. And they, they just turned in like a pretty solid draft of their first bit of research. And, and they're sort of finding across the board that uh, the bills don't define critical race theory very well. Mm. And, you know, a lot of opponents of the bills, like teachers unions are saying like, well, can you point us to an example of where somebody was doing this kind of stuff? And they can't. There are very few examples. This thing they're trying to ban, they can't even exactly define. And uh, when you're asked for an example, you say, well, I mean, I'm not going to get into specifics, just, you know, I hear that some kids are, are being taught bad things. Or my, or my favorite. What do you think it means? <laughs> the old, yeah, the old you, tell you tell me. me what it is then. You tell me yeah. what it is. And then we'll ban it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a cool assignment. I'm sure you've gotten some interesting um, yeah. drafts. Yeah. And, you know, I see students changing their mind. Mm. You know, I ask them, like, you know, tell me where you were at the start of this project, what you thought as you were researching it, and where you ended up. And, uh, yeah, here and there, you you see that rare thing of a student saying, you know, I really came in way over here on this idea. Everything I'd heard from my parents, from things I'd seen on TV, I I really was in favor of this kind of bill. But coming out the other side, I don't know. You know, it seems like... Maybe it's not on the up and up, or you know, it's not very well thought out at least. Right. Or well, wait, wait till they ban you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Next year, I can't do this. <laughs> oh man, what the hell? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, before we go any further, um, yeah. because in true uh, us potting fashion, um, yeah. there's been a loss. And so, yeah, I wanted to make sure we acknowledge uh, French Montana, my beloved um, dog, who uh, we had to put down uh, after, I mean, she's been with us um, for about pushing seven years, six and some change. Um, But... We think she's 14. She was a rescue dog. So she was like the old wrestlers back in the day. She's from parts unknown. You know what I mean? <laughs> Her, she's breed she unknown, parts life. unknown, but she had a good, long, hard life. Uh, she was found just like roaming the road somewhere in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And okay. they uh, took her to the shelter. Um no one would adopt her because she was already probably like six years old then. And, you know, everybody likes puppies. No one likes old dogs. Um, but the uh, shelter folks said it was just something about her. They couldn't put her down. Like her face just, yeah. they couldn't put her down. She um, landed in a foster home in Virginia, which is where we went to visit her. Um, maybe like 2015. Okay. And um yeah, came down she came down the stairs in the foster home. She ran, she jumped right in Rachel's lap immediately. Wow. And it was like, okay, it's a wrap. Um Yep, and Rachel and Voss brought her home that summer. Um and um I've been around since like twenty eighteen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she was there before you. Yeah, yeah. Well you know, you know my life, so I was there and the, I was there and then I wasn't there for a little bit and then I came back. So, so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Frenchie, man. But you know, Frenchie was my buddy, you know, a lot of my, um, my time spent in, uh, in Maryland was just me and Frenchie, you know what I mean? And, you know, my daily routine was like getting up in the morning, grabbing Frenchie, taking her out, Going to the they're little a big park. part of your life, you big know. Part I think of my life. who don't have pets don't know really what they're missing out I, on. I never knew, and I never, I never cared to know. <laughs> I was 
never a dog person. Just, you yeah. know what I mean? Never got it. And she won you over. She won me over. She, yeah, she won me tough. over. Now, um, the vet said, don't, you know, don't close your heart. Mm. Um, yeah. And I hear that and I totally get it. I don't think I could do this again. I think uh, I, see. I, we'll see. I know, you know, yeah. I'm sure. I tend to go the other direction. I know. I bet. Yeah. yeah. We are, like we put down our, our cat Milo, who's about 14, had been sick. We'd had him since he was a kitten. He was about eight weeks old when we got him. He'd been sick his whole life. They told us several times he wasn't going to make it to 10, but he made it to 14 mm-hmm. um, and stayed, you know, happy. He was content. He's happy that whole time. But, you know, it was so heartbreaking losing him after having, like, done so much care for him, watched him fight this illness Mm -hmm. his whole life. But then, you know, about maybe six weeks, maybe a month, maybe I'm exaggerating, maybe it was even less. After we lost him, I saw a little kitten uh, in the Petco where they have the the animal shelter comes through and they feature cats in Petco once a week. And we got this little girl and she's, um, like, she makes it okay in some way like it's not a replacement but i kind of feel like you know if milo didn't have to go maybe this little girl wouldn't have found this home you know maybe we wouldn't have found her um and i always think like they would have loved each other if they could have met you right. know if they had right. just crossed paths but they just missed each yeah other. i don't i don't know if i don't know if i can do it again <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it's so hard to lose him, especially when you have to make that decision, yeah. right? And take him into the vet. It's yeah. so hard. it was it was it was that was the toughest part. And um we probably we probably held on, you know, I mean there's two sides of the boat, right? There's like mm-hmm. the, it, it it's cruel to like hold on to them, you know, if they're suffering, you gotta let them go. Then there's the like as long as she's moving and yeah happy to see you yeah and but it was getting it was getting rough it was getting tough to watch i see her you know i let her out in the mornings and i you know usually clean up after her and stuff in the mornings so i got to see her in a way that you know rachel and voss did not because they would pretty much by the time they got rolling she was like out and up and, you know, moving around. She was outside and she was, you know, she was super happy in the backyard. She would spend the whole day in the backyard and then she'd come in and bark the entire night. (laughs) But, um, you know, she started like losing her, cause she had a, uh, we pretty sure she had a brain tumor. Um, and so she started to lose like motor skills. So like her, you could probably in another week or so, her back legs would have just, you know, they were starting to give out. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was sad to watch her deteriorate. She started losing weight. You could fit like your whole thing in her collar and stuff. So it was just when Rachel saw her um, yesterday, it was just like, yeah. Let's yeah. just keep the appointment because, you know, we were going to cancel and just hold on for a little longer. But it was <laughs> like, nah, she's and it's tough, you know, and just even, you know, and just having that, you know, having life and death in your hands like that like is is, is a strange kind. Of, I mean, I guess we do, but just, you know, picking her up. And you can't really ask like. Do you think it's time? Yeah, you know, you know, of a cat or a dog. Yeah, they can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Just if they refuse to eat, yeah, that seems to be. The That's sign. usually the sign. But she, she had an appetite. Yeah, she had an. She was tough, man. She tough, yeah. tough little cookie yeah. man. So. I'm so sorry to hear it. I always enjoyed hearing the stories, seeing the photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we dedicate this first episode to Montana, to Frenchie the dog. Yeah, Frenchie. yeah, yeah. We love Frenchie. Man, so talk talk about the um, writing projects, man. Is anything anything you got anything brewing, or you're just kind of getting back into the flow? You got something? Brewing, you got some... back into the flow. Like I don't. I've always felt like I'm gonna jinx myself if I talk about it too much. Ah, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. And I broke that rule for a while, and I feel like it screwed me up a little 
That means so I don't like to get into much in the way of specifics. That means you got like something. my routine. What's that? That means you got something going on. I got something. But that's going good. On that's yeah. good. That's get up, good. Kind of right every morning. I'm excited to you know I go to bed the night before thinking like man I can't wait to get up and work on this in the morning. And then sometimes you wake up that morning and you don't get anything done. Right. You know you wake up you're excited even the night before and then it's like man it's just not happening today. Right. And, uh, right. You know, pick back up. And, uh, you know, when, when you get frustrated, you don't give up and walk away. Okay. okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's back to a good routine. You know, I feel happy with it, happy with where it's headed. And I don't know what the hell I'll do with it exactly. Nice. I'm trying not to think about nice, it. Nice, nice. No should you. No should you. No reason to. No reason to. I got a beat from Gas Lab the other day. Yeah. I got a beat from Gas Lab and I laid one verse which I guess in some way means like we're officially starting Jazz Hop 3. Three? Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But that's usually how it starts. (laughs) Now, how much does Gas Lab do in between projects? I know he's producing. He's killing. He's all over the place, right? He's killing. I get his... his, um, we're linked in like the Spotify, like artist thing. So I get his numbers. He's killing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh awesome. man, yeah. yeah you team, <laughs> well, you know, lo-fi music has like taken off. Like, there's an yeah. entire like lo-fi beats genre that is like big time now. Um, which would make sense because you're working from home, you're chilling, and you just got these like chill beats in the background while you do what you do. There's no, you know what I mean? It's almost like new new jazz kind of, you know what I mean? Like it's like this chill sound that you can just play in the background and do your thing. And, you know, if you, you know, you're a glass of wine kind of um smoke a joint kind of guy and you're just relaxing in your crib or if you're clean, you know, cleaning the house and doing something, or if you're, like I said, you're working from home and you got some nice beats in the background. So, you know, he's really in a good space to do what he does right now. And it's, it's paying off. So shout, shout to gas lab. In fact, it'll be interesting because I think that, you know, we'll have to, do some tinkering with the tempos to get it back to like me being able to rap on them now. And so I think it's probably been a little bit since he's had to do that. So it it should be, it should be fun, but you know, um, like we talked about, um, and you know, it'll be here before we blink next year is the 10th anniversary of the first jazz. jazz Yep. And so, you know, if the stars align, yeah, Stars, and he's in Brazil. Um, is he's that right? in um, Argentina, Buenos Aires. I think he moved out of Buenos Aires, but he's in Argentina. Yep. Okay. I yep. always think Brazil for some reason. I always get that wrong. Uh, you know, very mm. close. They share a border, right? So. Yeah. See, I mean, to people in the U.S., we don't know shit. Yeah. Well, that is, <laughs> we don't know anything about where shit is. That's true. That is true. It, it, we we think we're the center of the universe. So we sure do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of which, yeah, there's a lot going on there, huh? A lot going on, right? <laughs> and people are all hung up on the gas prices. Like, that's what they focus on first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Now, I'm not. We have reserves. What yeah. what exactly? I guess if the world ends, we'll start if using our own worst, oil. Right? We have the reserves. I've read some. I mean, look at how long it took him to release the reserves of the PPE and just the masks and shit. Right. Like we were two and a half years into the pandemic. Yeah. What, what, you know, let's tap those reserves. I mean, what what could be like? What's past the global pandemic? To, that like, okay, so if this happens, then we'll pull out the. Uh, PPE, like what? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's like think of a billionaire sitting there. I think this happened with Elon Musk recently. He like challenged somebody to say, like, okay, you show me what my money could do to help end world hunger. Mm. Don't show me a plan. Show me how far it would go. I think this was Musk. I may be thinking of the wrong oligarch, but uh, 
and of course nothing happened right it's like what's it going to take for somebody with that much money hoarded to say okay i think i'm going to share a little bit of it like how bad does shit have to get yeah before somebody who's hoarding money and resources says all right let's distribute a little bit of that to the people yeah it's 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 crazy so i read the other day or i saw the other day that uh biden may be um warming up to the idea of getting some oil from Venezuela, which is interesting. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, I hadn't seen that one. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, There was some negotiations about some um, imprisoned uh, Americans that were released. Um, But not Brittany Griner, of course. No, 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 no. This is in Venezuela. And so they... There are thoughts that this may be the beginning of an attempt to maybe, you know, replace wow. one dictator's oil with another. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about sure. that. I just found it interesting that it's like, okay, because I've heard, I know what I do know is there's been a lot of Venezuela bashing and I can't recall of the uh, president of Venezuela's name right now, but he's supposed to be quite a motherfucker and so <laughs> you know not the money in the um military that putin has but just as shitty to his peoples of supposedly course. so it would be interesting if we do end up um and apparently their oil is not the greatest either but i guess okay. it's better than using our own oil yeah um, we gotta save that just in case yeah so so That'd be interesting. I, um, how much are you into like the crypto stuff? Do you, uh, zero. Zero. I don't yeah. know anything about it, it, and I've just stayed out of it. How I, about you? I hear you. I'm on the surface. I'm. 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 I'm trying to learn more. I'm trying to learn more. I the Web three conversation really helps me to um, feel middle aged. Yeah, see, I don't know how any of the shit works. I really feel like, you know, your mother not being able to program the VCR now. Like, I'm really starting to feel like that guy. You know what I mean? Like, the metaverse, like, what the... NFTs, like, what the... Like, you know what I mean? I'm still trying to figure out how to use my smartphone. Like, it... (laughs) So, but I'm reading and I'm trying to get... I'm trying to do some things that'll put me in the space of, you know, having to learn. So we'll see. But um, it's interesting with the um, Ukraine raising, you know, money in crypto. Definitely. Yeah. Super interesting. Um, President Biden just uh, issued an executive order to kind of uh, explore more and, and figure out um, how to maybe create a uh, digital coin for uh, yeah, I did see the US. That. Yep, yep. I've uh, definitely seen a lot of hip hop figures are, are super into the NFT. Yeah, whether it's yeah. mining their own or just like super into conversations about how to make money off of it. What do you think that's about? What's the allure? I think that, um, well, let's see. On the bright side, um, the direct-to-consumer relationship, um, yeah. the bypassing record labels, NFT, and just the blockchain creates a great opportunity in that space where um, artists can, both musicians and real artists, can produce work that can not only be provided directly to the fans, but then there's that royalty piece where you can continue to make money. Like, let's say, okay, I create a, um, I do a song or an EP. Yeah. And I attach it to an NFT and I release 10,000 of these NFTs. And I say, okay, 10,000 at $20 a pop, right? And you can do the math on that. But I also can put in the um, 
I guess it's like a ledger or something, but I can put language in the contract. It's a smart contract. I can put leverage in the contract that says, because um, there's a secondary market. So it's like art, right? So where I, I, the first set 10,000 that I sold for $20 a pop can then be resold for $50 or $100 or whatever someone re- would resell it for on the secondary market. I can put in the contract that once that, when that's resold, I still get 10% of okay. that. So it's not like a painting where, you know, someone, you know, has a Basquiat and the Basquiat sells at an auction for X amount of dollars. And they then, keep all that. Right. Basquiat yeah. sees none of it. Basquiat no. painted that in 84 or something like that. And whatever it's going state, for. Controls that, exactly. Exactly. But with this, there's an opportunity to continuously make money off yeah. of your um and if so that's that's awesome for artists. I do think that um what we do a lot in hip hop as a culture is we push our like celebrities forward and kind of make them the voice in the face of things. And I'd love to see more individuals who actually have expertise in these things um, weighing in. So part of it seems like, you know, tech guys who are able to get close to like rappers and kind of get rappers to like push certain things that they may not be experts on, but maybe they get a check, maybe, you know, whatever the case may be. And so it's like, yeah, so it's like NFT, 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 but it's not really, there's no real like education behind it. So I'd love to see more like, okay, you know, put us on to what's going on, not just kind of like NFT, 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 and make it like the cool thing now, which is, you know, it's cool to make it the cool thing, but help us get some understanding about it. Bring some folks in that can really talk about the advantages. Uh, Jim Jones is, um, is, is doing his thing in the space and, um, he's, I've seen him giving some like education on it and like, you know, breaking it down, which is, which is cool. You know what I mean? And but, casual does with Hyrule coin. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so And he looks like he's been investing in all kinds of shit for a while. Seems I mean, he's smart. Seems to be a pretty thing. sharp guy. Yeah. Yeah. So like Hyrule coin, and I wasn't even familiar with that, but that's an example of like things that can be done that are super clever. So now I'm producing merch and music and I'm creating this world where these things can be bought okay. with my own currency. Okay. That, so you control every aspect of the transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you can trade, you know, a particular coin. It'll probably be like Ethereum or something for like Hyro coin. You know what I mean? And then you can go into this space and you can maybe there's concerts in the metaverse it's it's just it's wild it's whatever you can imagine it can be done so now you know you got a hieroglyphics concerts inside of the metaverse and you're paying hyrule coin to enter (laughs) the concerts then you you got merch that's digital merch that your avatar can wear and you're paying high roll for that, but then you may be able to attach it to like physical merch to where like, let's say you buy the t-shirt in the metaverse and you put it on your avatar, but then you may get a mail of a like package with the actual t-shirt that you can, it's, it's, it's a whole world. I'm definitely, that's definitely, um, you know, the type of, that's a show. That's definitely an episode of uh major journalism right. definitely gonna try and do a deep dive in that so that's yeah and the like the traditional stock market guys seem to be kind of wary of it and i don't ever know if i should trust that like they're 
they're scared of it because it works. And it's another way for new people to come in who aren't really entrenched in the stock market and make money. Or are they really afraid people are going to tank and lose money? I don't particularly recall rich people really caring about <laughs> the well being of <laughs> other people. So they just want you to keep your money in stocks because that makes them. Money. That's the bet that. They know how to hedge, you know what I mean? And that's what I gather from it. So there was, it's from the beginning of the crypto thing, there's been a lot of like, I don't, you know, I don't do that. I don't buy crypto. I get why. Now, listen, is it super wise to invest in something that could go up or down based on what Elon Musk tweets? Probably. Nah. Right, but he he's making traditional stocks go up and down too sometimes with the tweet, exactly, right? and that's what these guys have been doing the yeah. entire time. It just wasn't so pronounced because we didn't have social media. But I mean, they've been yeah. playing options and you know seeing what's going to happen with a particular stock and winning on the upswing and the downswing. They've always been doing that. Right. We just didn't know the game. And now, you know, regular folks and the day, the day trading crew and, you know, we got the uh, the guys on Reddit and stuff like that. And they're kind of just organically generating these ups and downs themselves. And it's like they're cheating. Which, you know. They're cheating, but. They're yeah, not. It's always it's, been. That's how the yeah, market operates, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just you're mad that <laughs> you know what I mean. Someone's yeah. cheating in your game. So yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. That's how. I, that's how I look at it. But um, no. I mean, I would you know from an and this is not an investor podcast, obviously. But you know, I mean, diversification is you know. Mm. It goes back to Jezza. Yeah. Yeah. Diversify yeah, your bonds. Yeah, yeah. How about that? So, you know, I I'm interested in it from the artist space. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out more how to um earn it than yeah. purchase it. Makes sense. If that makes yeah. sense. You know what I mean? And just Are we gonna have Trom coins? Maybe not Trom coins, no. Okay. Maybe not Trump coins. No, we'll see. But no, probably yeah. not Trump coins. I would. I don't know. I. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not yet there yet. But you know, maybe. You never know. Yeah, maybe you know. Maybe in maybe an NFT, you know, project or something like that. You know, maybe we'll see. We'll see. I'm. 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 I'm interested. I mean, you. But you know me. I'm always trying to figure out a way to buck the yeah. system when it comes to releasing music and doing you know what i mean exactly. I, yeah yeah you know i'm messing with Bandcamp and doing you know just trying to and doing different things that are exclusive that's I'm, I'm super moving forward that's how i'm definitely trying to present my art as opposed to just yeah, funneling people, through yeah i think some people don't realize how much as an independent artist you have to learn about all that stuff and handle all that stuff yourself like that's a whole other side of the work and effort you put into it right you got to figure out how do i get this to people how do i inform people that it's available um and then what platforms or services do i have to enter into any agreements with to make this happen or who do i want to avoid i mean there's a ton of considerations that as an independent artist it almost seems like people think well you don't have to think about any of that stuff right you're just independent no. I almost got to think about it more. At no, least. it's, it's yeah. definitely more. Yeah. It's definitely Because if you're more. a major label artist, other people are doing it for you. They may not be doing it well. You know, you may have to interact with them to say, hey, I don't like how this is going, man. I don't like how you're dressing me in the video. Right. But you're not picking out your own outfit. No. And I mean, even, you know, there's a handful. Um, There's a handful 
of artists that, you know, have that type of team and attention and, you know what I mean? And, and the rest of us, even some of us that are signed to major labels are still self-contained, you know what I mean? And they're kind of like, well, okay, when you bring it to me, then I'll take it and make it big. But yeah, we're not investing any money in all of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they're coming, they're pretty much coming to you when you've already done all the work yourself. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're, they're, That's how you get a deal anymore. Right. Like, Their thing right. is let's discover, you know, let's go into the algorithms and discover the, the hot guy and just give the hot guy a check. And so... A lot yeah, of instead times, of hanging out at the back of the club to see like who's getting a big crowd for these live shows, like they did like two decades ago. No, they're looking at YouTube clicks, they're looking at Instagram follows, they're looking at TikTok views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much, that's all they're looking at. Yeah, and it doesn't. They don't even have to play a live show, right? Plenty of people get signed before they've ever played live. There's so many artists being signed it's insane how many artists have never played a, a live show yeah. it's crazy it's crazy you know yeah. um shit i mean how many have never been in a professional studio how many are you yeah. know what i mean like it's literally from the from their bedroom to the world yeah. they get on soundcloud or youtube or wherever and then now it's it's gone and then it's like now you have to actually become an artist. I think of what's the poor kid, um, Panda, 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 designer. And it was like, he got this beat from someone in the, on the internet. He makes this song. It kind of sounds like future. It goes crazy. Uh, Pusha T and Pusha T's manager finds him. They get him to yay, yay, signs the guy. And then like the kid, he was a kid. It's probably his yeah. second rap song. Like he didn't, yeah. you know what I mean? And now it's like you throw all of this at him and it's like now he has to become an artist. Yeah. It's weird. You know what I mean? And, and you know, you think about shit, man. It used to take us 10, guy, 10 years for anybody to even hear us. Like, exactly. You <laughs> like, know you're playing shows right and left. Yeah. Playing like, shows. Taking your, taking your records to radio stations, right? Two people, right? Mailing the back, mailing your demo to the whatever address on the back of the tapes and the CDs yeah. and, you know, yeah. Def Jam office and you're writing down the addresses and you're mailing out all of these demos and you're meeting cats outside of the radio station or you're going to shows and trying to rap for dudes and, you know what I mean? Like yeah. paying dues, paying dues, paying dues. And now it's just, oh, which is good, of course, and bad. Yeah. And bad. I just wish, you know, I wish there was a little more development. Um, but no one has time for that. Everything is got to get it now. Yeah, I mean, I think it can screw up people's careers even if they blow up, yeah. right? Like yeah. if you think about their their possible trajectory, if they hadn't been like snatched up and blown up at such a young age before they really like solidified what they were doing as an artist. But overall, I mean, it... It does get us some good music. You know, I don't think all the stuff that blows up that way is bad. Not it's at all. Not at all. Stuff. I feel more for the, for the, you know, for the kids, for the artists themselves, because sometimes the worst thing that can happen is the blow up. Yeah. You know, because then there's no time. Yeah. It's just, oh no, it's, you're gone. So now you're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there is no like, hey. Yeah let's let's work let's do some music let's 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 you know mess with this sound let's create a vibe let's figure out like what kind of artist you are it's like oh this song took off we need five more of those and it's yeah, like i don't man. have any more of those <laughs> there's a novelist paget powell who, whose first novel won the national book award mm. i think it was big award um and he was he was fairly young when it happened and he said he just thought well sure of course right and then the next book comes out than win any awards. Mm. You know, it doesn't really sell very much. Right. Um, next book comes out, does even poorly, poorer, more importantly. And then he's sitting there like, what the fuck, man? I thought like everything I put out was going to be gold. Right. right. You know, that's that all you know. Really yeah, that's all you awesome. know. You thought that's just yeah. the way it worked. 
And then it was like another 25 years before he had a real hit as far as like awards and attention and sales. Mm. And in between, he was thinking, what the fuck, man? You know, I, I thought I, I mean, was going to be this yeah, dude. God bless him for still writing. Some people yeah. just, you know, exactly call it quits or even yeah. worse. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, imagine, imagine that amount of, that amount of time. I'm, I'm trying to think of if there's an artist equivalent to someone who like did it in on their like first shot and then took. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hate to even say it. I got I got some speculations. I don't even want to put somebody's name out there because they're still active, and I don't want to make it sound like I hate their new stuff. But I I can definitely think of some people who like the blow up screwed up what could have been a, a better career. Mm. I think they'll survive, but they're still in that pit right now. Right. You know, they right. still haven't really popped back out of it. Right, 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 right. I know I was I was quickly trying to think of someone who may have got themselves back after a long time yeah. in the I mean, it only takes one sometimes, you know what I mean? It only it only takes one. You know, there's some of those um middle-aged rock guys like came back after like the peak and then you know they come back playing you know they all got the same story they're all playing like just little you know little little spots with the singer songwriter thing like no more hair no more you know i'm just playing my songs in coffee shops and then all of a sudden they catch one and and they're yeah, they're, they're, they're they're back out right so i mean every everyone's got a different road but you know sometimes you know, slow and steady, man. It, you know, yeah. slow and steady can can fortify you more along the journey when it's like pew to the moon. It's like, yeah. yeah it's tough. What's the line off of uh, Daylight's Rock Cocaine Flow? Everybody crews off of being hot. It's about if you can handle being cold or not. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess they would be an example. They never exactly went away, but, you know, they never, like that first album took off, yeah. skyrocketed, right? And I'm sure when Daylight Soul is Dead comes out, and then Balloon Mind State comes out, they're thinking, well, you know, I guess that that moment of fame and, like, pop crossover hits is probably gone for Yeah, us. yeah. Well, I mean, it, this genre changes so quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it... If you can't, you know, if you're not going to upgrade or chase the sound, you know, you get lost. You know, you can go chase the sound and you can also get lost chasing the sound, right? So it goes, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. But I mean, generally, you know, groups like Dela, you know, if you just, they were excellent. And they maintain a certain quality control over their music. And in the end, that'll sustain you. Yeah. And they, they're still doing it. They've been doing it. That'll sustain you. But like the line says, it's, it's about managing being quote unquote cold. So when everyone gives you their ass to kiss, you know, like you maintain that quality control and continue to be daylight. They never, you know, did something that was like, uh, yeah, definitely, you know, and then that's because that's when you're, you're done, done, and there's no comebacks, you know what I mean? If you can just maintain and just be like, hey, look, I produce the same quality, the audience has shrunken a little bit, the, the light that is placed on it has diminished a little bit, but I'm still here. I'm still making the same quality. If you find me, you know, and that's, just, you know, you can, you know, that's where you can get overseas and you can do what you got to do. And you, you know what I mean? And you, you know, but you just gotta, um, you know, be okay with not being famous. Yeah. And that's much tougher when you've tasted it. I'm sure. I, I, I would, I would never know. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the, the folks I know, writers and musicians who who've tasted a little bit of fame. Oh, uh, I mean, what looks like a high to me looks like such a low to them. Yeah, you know, yeah. they get like attention from a big place, but then they're kind of shitty in the review. 
that hurts them so much. Yeah. And I would just be like, man, it's cool if they even reviewed my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. I noticed that. I noticed that. And the, the, you know, the couple of friends I have that have been in that space, the main thing that I've noticed is besides that, and that goes back to what you talked about, about like the DIY journey. Yeah. Things that I'm accustomed to doing for myself, they have yeah. like such a problem having to do on their own. Like it's hard to go back. Yeah. To it, yeah. Well, right? not even back because they've never, they never had did. to do it. So never it's like, yeah. why is this not working? And it's like, well, you know, you've got to go do X, Y, Z. Like you've got to do that yourself. And it's like, I don't know how to do that myself. Like <laughs> someone's supposed to do that for me, right? It's like someone's supposed to handle that. And it's like not on this side of it. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I I it's tough. It's tough. Like I said, when you know what I mean, when when you go from getting your ass kissed to people giving you their ass to kiss, it's it's I'm sure it's a quite a transition. Definitely. Quite a yeah, I mean, transition. I can think of people I would love to see come back and peak again, like Rich Boy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, come on, right? That's such a great debut. It was. Mixtape and the first album. It was. It was. And then just, I mean, he's, he's put out stuff even fairly recently, but I'm always surprised to see it. You know, I never hear anybody say, hey, you're a new rich boy. But I mean, I, that, yeah, that's a, that's a classic one. He yeah. literally disappeared. Absolutely. And, you know, has consistently dropped at least singles and EPs and here and there albums, but just totally off the radar. Wow. Yeah. I wonder who he got upset. Yeah. <laughs> something had to happen. Because you would right? think someone would pull him on like a feature or something, you know, that would get him, Never you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I, 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 not on that note, but yeah. on a on another note, I'm interested to see how um, Isaiah Rashad's um, career True, um, yeah. goes post uh, this little thing. Yeah, yeah, it's tough out here, man. Stuff <laughs> sure, right? out here, man. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned Cool Kids at the top of the episode. I was blown away to see those guys come back. I, you know, not just to reunite, but put out, reunite, put out a damn good album. Yes. Like 21 tracks that, on it in 2022. Yeah. I, that came out of nowhere. It really did. Yeah. I mean, it probably been 15 years since I'd really heard a Cool Kids track. Right. Or, you know, been, been excited to hear a Cool Kids track. Right, right. They've definitely done solo stuff in between. Right, but, uh, right. Right. It just wasn't the cool And kids. I knew, um, I've seen uh, Chuck English, like, yeah. you know, around Producing. doing production and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's how you do it, man. Just just drop. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I always like that. Yeah. Just drop. Uh, all the, all the yeah. proper circumstance. <laughs> just show up in the, you know. Show up on the uh, Explorer page. Just, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. New music. As if a couple of days ago, their Wikipedia still quotes them saying they'll never get back together. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that. That's cool, man. But look, man, this was fun, bro. Yeah, good fun. to get back in. Yeah, good to get back in. I mean, I um, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll do my, what, what to look forward to. Like I said, yeah. um, I'm going to take this journey. We're going to do this uh, solo, except for when I pull my guy in. and 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 um, Because I'm definitely going to pull you in for some topics, just so you know that by now. Not hey, too I'm here not frequent. I'm not going to trick you back into being <laughs> the co-host. I won't. I promise I won't. But, um, you Fair know, enough. when I when I want you to win, the invitation will always be there. Oh, um, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, this major, this major journalism. And major journalism, um, for those who don't know, it's not only uh, the name of um, a solo album from Trom Diggs, but uh, it kind of uh, signifies like a, a shift 
in, in, in my journey. So I started out in college as a uh, electrical engineering major. And um, after my first two years of um, being an electrical engineering major and doing very poorly in calculus, I had a decision to make. Do I continue? Do I kind of downgrade into like electrical engineering technology? Um, Do I do something else? Now, context is I really just went to college so that I could graduate and rap, right? Like that's all I really wanted to do. But um, in my household, you got to go to college. So, um, you know, the conversation of switching to engineering technology, which would not quite be an electrical engineering degree, but would kind of be like, I guess, an apprentice to an electrical engineer. And my Dukes wasn't having that. So that was a no. So it was like, find you another major or bring your ass back home because we're not paying for an engineering technology degree, which in hindsight, she was absolutely correct. So I um, basically opened the book, looked at all the schools that were transferred the most amount of credits that I had already accumulated as an engineering major and saw that if I switched to journalism, school of communications, I would pass out of math. I would not have to take any more math. So that was a plus. And then my electives mostly all transferred. So that would get me out of school in four years, which was the plan to get out of there as quickly as possible. With transferring majors. That's tough. Yep. To go rap. So, all right, cool. Major journalism. Get me out of here. What I didn't know was that I would be kind of going into just going down a road of actually becoming a journalist and that I really was a writer and a journalist kind of by nature. Yeah. And so I marked major journalism as like my quest from kind of being a professional as a career and switching to being like a creative. Wow. I like it. Yeah. And so, you know, the name of the show we think is major journalism. Um, It's just going to be all of my curiosities um, all of the things I have enthusiasm for and a knowledge base for, um, talking to folks that I think are interesting and having conversations about a wide range of topics and um, shit that I care about and shit that I'm into. <laughs> so um, I, like it. I can't wait to listen to this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I encourage all of the, uh, you know, all of our guests in the house fan listeners to um, take this ride with me and hopefully we, you know, meet some new supporters and uh, that'll be that, man. But looking forward to it. Uh, uh, thanks as always to uh, Brother Anthony for um, riding out with me. Uh, we're going to get him a red, black and green flag. Uh, <laughs> I hear it's going to get real militant once I sign up. Hey, so. man, what did you call? What did you say? It's going to be real Nat X, man. It's going to get some, some real Shabazz K. Morton stuff going <laughs> on here. Uh, and we look forward to it. We look forward to um, just whatever. You know what I mean? You know, I don't shy away from 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 my opinion on on any um, topics. I'm, I'm a pretty reasonable guy. I'm not an asshole. Um, I'm not going to say anything just to be provocative. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to not speak my mind on whatever it is. So should be fun, man. I bet. Should yeah, be I look fun. forward to hearing it. Yeah, but uh, thanks for hanging out on the uh, first episode and, you know, pulling yourself out of how you wore a button-up shirt. That was very professional yeah, of you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first one, first pod on camera. Well, it yeah, is, yeah, yeah, it's not our first, first video. I'm going to say on per- in person. I'm like, we're not in person, but we're on camera. Close enough. Yeah. I mean, this is like 2022 in person. This is about as in person as it's gotten in the last two I years, right? So, yeah. so, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But major journalism, first episode to wrap. Uh, my co-host for the hour and change was my brother, Professor Mickey S. Um, do you want to give? Um, this is weird. Do you want to give out how people can find you? Is that a thing? Um, yeah, I don't want to be found necessarily. Uh, well, then, then let's <laughs> let's, let's not be found. Um, but yeah. um, check out check out the books. Um, a guest in the house. Yeah. I um, like check out. Go to the library. And yeah, get them free. Yeah, That's check check that out. Yep, That's how I get my books. That's how I always have got. Return books. to the thirty six chambers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is it? Uh, Big wheel the, in the. Come on. What's Big what? wheel at the cracker there factory. There you go. I was going to say chocolate factory, but that's uh, R. Kelly album. Uh, um. <laughs> and a, a set of condos in Philly, right? Isn't there a chocolate factory? There in is. City? That's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. That's a fact. But um, yeah, yeah. Check it out. Do some reading. Literally check it out. If you can find a yeah, library. Yeah, go to your public library or your university library. Get some free books. Nice. Just bring them back later. Nice. That's all you got to do. Nice, 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 nice. So, yeah, man. Major journalism. David Trom Diggs Shanks signing off, presented by the people versus the anti people. We'll see you again soon. We'll dive in. Peace and love.